Good morning, afternoon, evening. Welcome to the Royal Deluxe Podcast. A podcast about the Kansas City Royals by uh, someone who doesn't have a funny intro for today. That's it. It's been a very quiet and I guess kind of peaceful couple of days for me. So, yeah, that's about it. And of course, I do this podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, so make sure you're following and subscribed on whatever platform you're listening to this on. And of course, it is available on all platforms, I think, pretty sure. If it's not on a certain platform, tell me, contact me at royaldeluxepodcast at gmail.com or royaldeluxepod at twitter.com. So, since we last spoke on Wednesday, the Royals finished their four-game series against the Houston Astros, and they lost the first two games in this series, and, you know, it's the Astros who are a great team that is just getting really hot right now, so it's a pretty brutal series. We kind of expected it to be a brutal series, but on Wednesday, they did manage to win a game. Yay! The Royals won a baseball game. So they had Brad Keller on the mound, who actually did not have a good outing. 5.2 innings, 4 earned runs, including a home run. He uh, he only had 3 strikeouts, which is, you know, kind of normal because he's not a very strikeout-heavy pitcher. But then 3 walks, which is not good for him at all. And it was almost completely ruined by Jose Quas, who lately has been our best reliever. It's like ever since this guy came up, he's been solid. He has been extremely dependable for us. So Brad leaves the sixth inning just because he's out 105 pitches, but the bases are empty and it's two outs. He needs just one out to get out of this and we can all go home happy. So, you know, we bring in our most dependable reliever and then he gives up two hits or no, one hit and two walks. He loads the bases without recording a single out. It, like, it's it's one out, my guy. It's one out. But he does finally get that one out without giving up any runs. So, that was actually really good because at that point it was still a one-run game. We were, you know, Brad, Brad didn't have a great start, but you know who had an even worse start? Christian Javier for the Astros. He only went five innings and gave up five earned runs, including three home runs. So the Royals lineup, they've really shown just how great they can be because they've been really good against a, a Houston Astros lineup, or not a lineup, a rotation that is top to bottom great like they sent out four fantastic starting pitchers and you know we'll get to the fourth game but at the very least the, the first three games you've got three great pitchers or maybe not one with Jay Goderizzi but even still it's not like he was having a terrible year and yeah they've been really troubling them like like it's so funny looking at Astros fans and and them just freaking out because they're like oh my god we're so bad because we can't beat the Royals like what why are the Royals doing this to us it's the freaking Royals they're 30 and 50 and they're they're beating us they're beating up our Cy Young rotation what is going on that's just uh what Zoomwalt has done for this lineup they're patient they're 
hitting the pitches they need to be hitting, and they're driving them. So yeah, and and you know it is a very small ballpark in in Houston. So three home runs off of Christian Javier, who is a great pitcher, who's having a fantastic season. Yeah, you got five runs off of him in five innings. So Brad Keller could afford to have a not very good start uh, on Wednesday, even in a season where he's not particularly great. Whatever, you got the job done. You need to struggle against these. Uh, better teams, you know, you need to struggle and hope that you can come out on top. You can't get away from them unscathed, you know. So, not a great start from Keller, and then Quas almost completely blows it. But fortunately, he doesn't. And then there was no more drama from the bullpen after that. So it led to a nice and a somewhat easy win in the second half, at the very least. Yeah, the second half of that that game just uh not much happened. I mean, there was a there were a couple more runs scored later on, so that's cool because Andrew Benintendi doubled, MJ Melendez singled. It was just a great game for uh for the offense overall as the Royals won seven to four. So you've got Andrew Benintendi who went two for three with two walks. I there's like a a streak where he's been on base at least twice. For like 10 games or something. So, um, yeah, now, now might be a good idea to trade him. Might be a, might be the right time to do that. Maybe, I don't know. I guess, I think if there's anyone on the Royals roster who deserves to go to the All-Star game, it's Ben Intendi. So maybe, I guess they're just waiting for that. Although that's kind of silly. I, can I just be honest? I don't care about the All-Star game this year. I really don't care. I mean, if it's not Ben Benintendi, then who who will go in, into the All-Star game? Michael A. Taylor? Michael A. Taylor should also get traded. <laughs> uh, like, I guess Salvi could get in as a backup, but Salvi's not good this season. <laughs> it's, uh, it's just... Yeah, I'm not all that excited for the All-Star game. Because either you send in someone who doesn't deserve to be there. Maybe Scott Barlow. Like, maybe Scott Barlow will be our representative. But even then, it's like, you know, it's just a relief pitcher. Who cares? I mean, no offense to Scott Barlow, because I love Scott Barlow. Um, But yeah, I don't know if uh, having a relief pitcher getting in is all that exciting. And... um. And if it's not him, it's one of our hitters. And the there are basically two categories of hitters who could be selected in the All-Star game, theoretically. Either hitters that should be traded. Like, if they're not getting traded now, if they will get traded after the All-Star game, then it's like it still doesn't matter because it's like, all right, well, we're not going to see this guy for very much longer. So it doesn't feel like a strong Royals representative, you know, especially if it's Andrew Benintendi or Michael A. Taylor, because they've only been around for two years. And we're, and look, I'm extremely proud of them. I'm extremely happy with what they have brought to this team. I am very thankful for that. I'm just saying I'm not going to be super attached to them like I would with someone like Whit Merrifield, who's been around for several years, or of course, Salvi, you know, like I always say, Salvi's home run, Sal- Salvi having the home run record, it's like I, I really lean 
to that more than I lean to Solaire also having the record. It's it's just kind of like I just think of it as Salvi's. And it's no disrespect to Solaire, but I mean, Salvi is more important to the Royals than Solaire, in my opinion. And I, and I don't even think it's an opinion. I don't think you can argue that Salvador Perez is more important to the Royals in their entire history than Jorge Soler is or was, you know? So, like I said, either you get your all-star representative who's just basically a temporary player who has only been around for a couple of years and won't be around much longer, or you give it to one of the young guys, which I guess could be a little bit exciting, but do they really deserve it? Like, does Bobby Wood Jr. really deserve to go to the all-star game this year? Does MJ Melendez... Uh, I mean, I guess it would be nice and exciting, but again, you know, like, it just, it just wouldn't seem right, you know, it would seem a little bit too, like, I don't know, like, uh, sending Mondesi to the plate in the World Series, even though he hasn't played a game in the major leagues, because it's like, hey guys, look at this cool guy we've got. Wow, he's going to be so amazing. It's, it's you know, just let's actually let him get there on his own terms. Let's let, let him actually play to that level before we bring him to that level, you know? So, yeah, that was a little uh, distracting thought about the All-Star game. Just a random thing to bring up because I really just haven't been paying attention to it much. I haven't even really submitted a ballot for it this year like maybe when voting opened up i might have submitted carlos santana ironically or something like that i might have done that but i haven't really done anything else for that so yeah i'm just not in that enthusiastic for it frankly uh, but that's the season we've got that's just what uh we have to live with so anyway like I said, I don't care about the All-Star game. Trade Benintendi, please. Just do it. Although I guess if he does make the All-Star game, I suppose that would bring his value up higher. So, wait. Maybe it's a good idea to not trade him right now. Maybe it is a good idea to trade him over the break. So now you can say, hey, we're trading an All-Star player. Right? I think maybe that would be good. Because uh, I saw this thing... This like little article. Apparently, Jeff Passan, Jeff Passan. I don't know what his last name actually is pronounced. You know that guy who uh, sometimes says funny things on Twitter. He says that the 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 interest in ben, in Benintendi at the trade deadline is like insane. It's through the roof. Like he he could possibly be the number one most targeted the trade guy trade target you know like people because he's been saying that it's like everyone like everyone is in on this guy everyone wants him the low the low market the the small market teams want him the big market teams want him because you know he's a guy who's not making a ton of money and he's on his last year of his contract and he's also really good i mean he he's on his way to having a five war season so, yeah, who wouldn't want him, honestly? And he can play decent enough defense. So, yeah, everyone should be in on Benintendi. And if there's more competition, then that's better for the Royals. Now they can get the best deal possible. Please, give us all of your prospects, all of your guys. 
bring them all to one royal way. And that'll be nice. That'll make me happy, I think. And also, on Wednesday, if you remember that we were actually talking about a baseball game, believe it or not, we also got a hit and a walk from MJ Melendez and Emmanuel Rivera. So they've had a nice, decent series. Merrifield also got a walk, which drove in a run, so that's cool. And Hunter Dozier had a two-hit game, plus a walk. So yeah, that's great. I say Whit Merrifield drove in a run. He hit a home run. He hit a leadoff home run, so that's awesome. Hunter Dozier hit a home run. Emmanuel Rivera hit a home run. Those were the home runs that we got off of Christian Javier's. It was a nice little offensive burst from these guys. And, you know, Rivera's a guy that, I, I, I kind of said this last podcast, but we want this guy to get going because he was pretty exciting at the beginning of the season, or at least when we first saw him this season, and then he really fell off. But, you know, I would like to believe in him. He He gave me reason to believe in him. We were kind of saying like, oh, this guy, he's probably just like a bench player. But I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. If he can be, if he can hit decently enough to be a bench player, yeah, I'll take that. You know, it has to be better than hitting 200 or so, which is kind of what he went into the series hitting. So just get that up a little bit. And yeah, that'll be nice. But then the next game on Thursday was not so great as the Royals unfortunately lost 2-5. Even though they were winning 2 to nothing for the first few innings, but I would say it was, um... Uh, how do I put this nicely? Because I don't want to be, like, mean about it necessarily, but I'm just going to say I, I was never all that impressed with Chris Bubich, even in those first four scoreless innings that he was throwing because he was getting hit around hard like he was he was getting hit hard and it just went right to fielders I mean he was giving up contact with expected batting averages over 600 or something like that you know Houston was just not getting it so it was a pretty lucky game for him Going for those first four innings, of course. Um, he did unravel further in the fifth inning, gave up three runs, came back out for an out or two in the sixth inning, but that was about it. So, I don't know. I just, I really can't say I was impressed with Brubit with Bubich. I think he got lucky, which is fine because I don't want to say that it's a bad thing that he got lucky against a good team. You know, again, it's the Astros. They're one of the best teams in baseball. You want to get lucky against a team like this. You're you're so outmatched in this game. You you just kind of have to get lucky if you want any sort of chance because they sent out Justin Verlander. Justin Verlander. Justin frickin' Verlander, who's one of the most legendary pitchers of all time, and for some reason this season he came back from Tommy John surgery and he has a 2 ERA. Not a two point whatever. No, two point zero 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 ERA. That is Justin Verlander this year. I don't know why. I don't know how, but that's what he's doing. So yeah, good luck to anyone who has to face him. And guess what? The Royals actually did something to him. They actually did a little bit of damage to Justin Verlander. It was only a couple of runs in six innings, but still. I'll take that. You absolutely take that. 
the Royals were able to capitalize on some small mistakes by the Astros. There was, uh, I think, an outfield blunder of sorts, of which the Astros have had a lot of this series. The Royals have really been taking advantage of their outfield, so they uh, were able to advance some base runners off of a couple of hits. You know, they got a couple of singles, basically, but they were able to advance the runners further just on that outfield mistake, which ultimately ended up in a run despite a pickoff by the great Martin Maldonado. That was pretty unfortunate, but still got a run out of it. Nicky Lopez drove in a run with a single, so good job. Great job, Nicky Lopez. And then in the fourth inning, we had uh, another weird outfield blunder where Edward Olivares singled, but then the the outfielder, like, missed or it hit his glove or something weird, so we ended up all the way at third. So that was a nice, easy run off of a sack fly there. And yeah, you know, you're now up two to nothing on maybe the best pitcher in the American League. Great. <laughs> That's wonderful. That's fantastic. But that was all the Royals were able to do. They weren't able to squeeze anything else out of the Astros, and they ended up coming back. They ended up finally getting some runs off of Bubich, and then in the eighth inning, Quas came in and gave up a couple more runs. So, yeah, it's not been great for Jose Quas lately, which is very unfortunate. Very sad to see. It's It's kind of been his story of our bullpen. You know, back in April, we had, like, the best bullpen <laughs> ever. It was so insanely good. Scott Barlow and Josh Stamont and Dylan Coleman and Taylor Clark and, uh, who else? Uh, Yoel Piamps, maybe? Uh, uh, Gabe Spire? Uh, anyone who wasn't named Jake Brents, they were just unstoppable. Unflappable. They were indomitable. Perfect. They were a perfect bullpen, basically. They were so good. And then all of a sudden, they all just kind of fell apart all at once, one by one. Except maybe Scotty. Scotty's been fine for pretty much the entire season. So that's fine. But Quas, you know, he comes in and he's a, he's a, a beacon of hope for Royals pitching, for relief pitching, where, oh, we have a guy who's not going to give up three runs per inning. This guy can actually get the job done. And now suddenly, the last week, it feels like every outing he's had has been a, a small disaster. Hopefully, he'll be able to bounce back. Hopefully, it's just, you know, the league adjusting and he needs to adjust back or something like that. However it works. I don't know, man. Yeah. It, it, let's be real. The Royals had no business winning this game. They had no business making it as close as it was, probably. So, you know, I was kind of saying online, I'm like, man, we we have absolutely no right going into Houston and just humiliating them like this. Like, you know, at the end of the day, we lost three out of four games. But it feels like the series was actually a lot better than that. It really does. It feels like the Royals played some decent ball games. And we're simply outmatched. Like, that's all there really is to it. And not outmatched as in, you know, Houston is just doing everything better. I mean, sure, they kind of are. They are pretty much a fully complete team who is probably going to make a deep playoff run this year, as much as that 
sucks because I don't like Houston and I really don't have much respect for them at all, honestly. But it's not, you know, just good team beats bad team. It's like the Royals made it competitive. They made it closer than you might think. The The Royals were only outscored by three runs this entire series. They lost the first game by one run, lost the second game by two runs, and then lost the fourth game by three runs. But they won the third game by three runs, so they're at minus three. That's a solid series right there. Like, that's actually, like, you look at that, right? And, and I get it. One and three, that's not good. But, I mean, what do wins and losses matter, <laughs> right? It doesn't matter. We're so far in the red that wins and losses no longer matter. What matters is that you're you're looking at a team that is actually somewhat competitive. You know, they're actually somewhat competent. It shows that they're doing some things right, basically. That's what I want to say. You can see that there are some really good things happening with this team, mostly in that lineup. You know, this lineup, again, this lineup went against one of the best pitching staffs in all of baseball and did damage to them. They actually managed to hold their own against Christian Javier and Justin Verlander. And uh, who was the guy that they had uh, a while ago? Was that Framber Valdez? No, it was Luis Garcia. Another great pitcher. You know, they're they're great. Houston is great. And the Royals, the fact that they only lost a series by three runs, basically, that's something. It really is something to, I guess, hold on to and be like, hmm, you know, maybe... Something can be fixed with this team. And I think we all know what needs to be fixed with this team. I think everyone in the entire galaxy needs to be fixed with this team. You know, there was like a there was a Houston fan who came into the, the game thread on Reddit. And, you know, they were like, man, you guys are like, you've got like a really good lineup. You know, you've got and like the young guys that you've got in this lineup are just so good. MJ Melendez and, you know, Bobby Witt. And Vinny Pasquantino, and we're like, yeah, we do have a good lineup. Our hitting coach is a genius. He's fantastic. It's just the pitching is not getting any help. Yeah. But I mean, but I mean how many times are we going to rant about that? How many times are we going to say it? We all know it. Speaking of a couple of guys I mentioned, Bobby Witt and Vinny. I'll start with Vinny. Vinny, Vinny just did not have a great series overall. He went two for 16 with one walk and one hit by pitch, I guess. So, uh, yeah, it was just not good for him. But don't worry about it too much. Don't think too much about it. It'll be fine. It's four games. You know, re remember how slow Bobby was to get going, you know? That's, I, I think it'll be okay. I'm not really concerned about it right now. So I just I just felt like mentioning that because, you know, Vinny has been our golden boy this month and it wasn't a good series, but yeah, I'm I'm alright with it. Um the other guy I want to mention is Bobby Witt Jr., because he hasn't played in the last two days. He has not played uh since we last spoke on Wednesday, where uh he left the game right at the very end because he got hit by a pitch, he got hit on the hand or the thumb or some something around there. And, uh, yeah, it was, it's, you know, it's always scary seeing a guy leave the game because he got hit by a pitch and, you know, we, we, we just never want to see that. However, 
it seems like the Royals are optimistic. They they've been saying they're not. They, they're they're saying they've been saying they're optimistic and they're just waiting for more results, waiting for more tests and imagings and you know things like that. So we'll probably know for sure this weekend what's going on with Bobby if he needs to go to the IL or something. The fact that they're optimistic, I think it says that he's not going to. I I don't think he's going to. So uh, yeah, um, it's it's just funny though. Um, <laughs> Because he hasn't played in the last two games. And I was saying two days ago, he shouldn't be playing as much as he is. I was really advocating for him to get some time off every now and then. And suddenly, oh, he hasn't played in two games. So um, that's, I guess, a problem that worked itself out. And, you know, if he does come back on Friday, that'll be nice. And then he can play all uh, the rest of the... The rest of the games until the all-star break because we got that coming up in a couple weeks and that'll be nice and i think that this team really does need a break in general i think a lot of the guys on this team are really looking forward to getting a few days rest in the middle of the season and maybe it'll have the same effect that it had last year where everything kind of comes together a little better for the second half thanks to that nice extended break not that it'll mean anything, because, like I said, winning and losing no longer matters. We're too far in the red. We're too far gone. It's over. I'm sorry. But, yeah. Well, I think that's all I have to say. I think that's about all I needed to talk about. We are going home! We're coming home to Kansas City, and we're going to play a series against the Cleveland Guardians. So, who do we got on the mound? It's Brady Singer! Of course, Brady Singer is our guy, and then we are going to face Aaron Savali today, who is having a miserable season so far. He is rocking a 7.04 ERA, and I even looked at the game logs to see if maybe it was just a really, really bad start, because he did have an ERA close to 11 through April, but no, even even beyond that, ever since April, since May 5th, um, he has an ERA of 5.4, so this guy has not had a good season at all at any point, which is uh, unfortunate for him. Personally, I don't care because I don't, I'm not all that enthusiastic about the Guardians being successful, so whatever. And then on Saturday, we've got Jonathan Heasley, maybe our best starter right now. I don't know. And they are going to send out Tristan McKenzie, who I mostly know because he's the guy who was the pitcher for Bobby Witt Jr.'s first hit. So that's nice, but he's having a, an okay season so far, 3.71 ERA. And then on Sunday, it's the Battle of the Zacks. We've got Zach Granke going, going up against Zach Plezak, who's also having a decent season so far, 3.8 ERA in 15 starts. So it doesn't look like we're, we're getting the, uh, the absolute best starters in Cleveland's rotation. We're not getting Shane Bieber, although everyone seems to be kind of even. Like, everyone is in that kind of high three ERA range. So that's interesting. They seem like they seem like a, a nice dependable rotation. And of course it's it's just a poor lineup overall. A lineup that has Jose Ramirez and no one. <laughs> Jose Ramirez though, he is having an absolutely monstrous season after signing a really nice team friendly extension, a seven year deal to stay in Cleveland. 
So, uh, yeah, this will be hopefully a nice, interesting season where, or not season. It's not, it has, it has been an interesting season. It really has been an interesting season. I was saying an interesting series, uh, not an interesting season in a good way. Hopefully we can, uh, take the things that we've done in Houston and apply them to Cleveland, you know, take what we did against a really, really great pitching staff and then do that against a staff that is also really great, but maybe not so much in my opinion. And maybe hopefully our starters will be able to hold their own against a lineup that is not very good. So that's it. So that's, so, you know, we'll talk about it whenever we get there until then. That's all I got. So thank you very much for listening to the Royal Deluxe podcast. I would love to hear from you at Royal Deluxe pod on Twitter or Royal Deluxe podcast at gmail.com. Let me know what you thought of uh, this episode or let me know uh, what you think we're going to do with the All-Star game. Who are we going to send? Who's going to be the Royals All-Star representative? Because personally, I'm kind of drawing a blank, but I also think I just don't care that much. I might not even watch the game this season. Maybe I will. You know, maybe maybe I should. It's probably my night off anyway. It's usually on a Tuesday, right? Yeah, I'm always off on Tuesdays. I should watch the All-Star game. It'll be nice. And it's fun. Usually. Anyway, thank you very much for listening to this episode. Thank you very much for making this podcast a part of your day, and I hope you're having a good one. I'm Lux, and go Royals.